like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Another incredible treat for you today on Song of the Soul. It's no secret that folk music is my favorite mode of music, and few people do it better than today's guest, Anne Hills. You'll love her for her tunes, her lyrics, and for her voice, and the proof is in the pudding in the very talented group of folks she's toured with and produced albums with over the years, including David Roth, Priscilla Herdman, and folk music legend Tom Paxton. They know, and you'll soon know if you don't already, what a wonderful gift Anne is on the stage. Anne Hills joins us today by phone from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Anne, it's really wonderful to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Oh, it's great to be here. One of the things I read on your webpage, and for our listeners, that's annhills.com. When I was looking at your bio there, I noticed you were born in India which seems slightly different than Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. You grew up in Michigan. Have you been a northern liver almost all your life? Yeah. I was born in Maradabad, India, and my mom would go up into some of the hill, well, the hill towns anyway, in the, in the foothills of the Himalayan Mountains in the summers when it would get too hot on the plains down in Maradabad. My dad was a teacher there, an educational missionary. So, yes, I was in the northern part of India, which I wouldn't exactly say is like Michigan, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I was in the northern part of Michigan in my high school years. I went to Interlochen in the summer and then went to the academy for three years, too. So in the north and that beautiful area in India, I went back to the last year with my sister and got to see where I was born. So when did you leave India and head back to the U.S.? I was there until I was about two years old. I think in, in some ways the reason India is important is in part exile. A lot of the images that I used in that song came from memories, and actually one line was from a letter from my father from India. Which line is that? Where the clouds caress your feet. <laughs> Living up above the cloud cover, huh? Right. Because he was writing a letter sitting at the table with both doors open and the clouds were coming in and drifting under his feet and then out the other door. And I love that idea. <laughs> you know, I've encountered this song before I heard your recording of it, so someone else must have recorded it. Priscilla Herdman. Well, and I had her on the Song of Soul guest, uh, what, a year ago or so. Who is the exile in the song Exile? 
Exile was written because Priscilla had gotten a singing bowl made by the Tibetan monks. And where my sister Susan was born in Landauer, India, you would travel the ring road around to Happy Valley. And Happy Valley was the area that was given by India to the exiled monks, to the exiled Tibetans. And so they moved there. Actually, I did a film of Happy Valley last spring or the spring of 2011 when I went back to India and put the Song of Exile with the pictures from there. So the idea was it was written for the monks, the Tibetan people that live in exile. And there are exiled people all over our world who can't return home. But that idea of the mountains, the beauty of the mountains, and the beauty of the landscape being part of what you consider home and not being able to return to it. I like to joke that our folk audiences are used to us, you know, that we put them in a place of suffering, which is one of the things that monks will do in their meditation to, to teach empathy. And I said, no wonder we have such great audiences who love folk music, because we put our audiences in a place of, of suffering, because we make you sit and imagine what it's like to leave the country that you were born in and where you lived. So we want to invite you into some suffering <laughs> as you listen as you listen to Exile by Ann Hills. I have no voice but this My song is loneliness Like my ground bird from the nest I And the longest journey I have known was the journey from my home, where the clouds caressed my feet and the ground. Oh. 
From her CD, Bittersweet Street, the song is Exile by Ann Hills on the web at annhills.com. That's Ann with an E. One of the things that I read is you do a number of benefit concerts about social justice and for children. Social work, is that your specialty, social work, or what area do you work in? Yeah, that's my master's is in social work, and I do counseling. I work with all different populations. One day a week I usually work in a middle school or a high school, work with families, individuals, couples. You know, Anne, that your music is really therapeutic for us, so please share another song. What's next? Well, I would say that part of the reason that I came into folk music as a, as I could have done many different styles of music, especially in the early years I was doing, and I, and I still do theater occasionally, but what I loved about this music was, in part, the story songs, the way a song that tells the story, again, in that sense of not leaving somebody alone. The story songs and the character or the point of view songs are a way of seeing through someone else's eyes. So I guess the n- next song I might choose would be Pendle Hill and talk about that as a story song, because that's a really traditional ballad. I wanted it to be like a child ballad, which were the ballads that were collected over in the United Kingdom. Yeah, and the song is, if you didn't tell me it was a current folk song or a song that was written in the last 50 years, I could easily have believed it was written 100 or further ago. You know, when you go into deedle dum dum dee di dee when you go into that, I mean, that's so emblematic of that. Do you like to do traditional folk songs, you know, the ones from 200 years ago or 300 years ago? Is that, were you emulating those or was this just coming out of you because of another connection? I tried to bring that into it. 
I think that what happened is I, I started writing the ballad of this ancestor of mine who had been tried as a witch. I had read about her and heard about her since I was a little girl. And I felt she deserved a song. So I started writing a song in the, the, the sort of stylistically the time or a little after that time that the music would have been, a ballad would have been, thinking that's what a ballad would sound like, that singing. Certainly that's what some of the old ballads were like. Wrote it on the banjo, which gave it a very simple sound. At a certain point... I wanted something, what I considered a, a place for the audience to rest their thoughts. That's what the chorus often is in the song, is a place to rest your thoughts and take in the information. Because a ballad usually, you know, the longest ballad, Tam Lin being the longest ballad, which can have up to 80 verses or something, you know, you're getting all this information. This happened here. This is how many nights there were, or this is how many branches were on the tree. And so you give someone a place to take in the information. And I thought, well, I can't do that. I can't do diddle-dum-dum, diddle-dee. I can't do that. But I did. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, why not? Why can't I do that? That's the style of this song. So that's what I put. The song is Pendle Hill, Ann Hills. Alice never came to town In her woolen hooded gown It was late and all was still Alice went to Pendle Hill Malkin Tower, tall and dark Showed no fire, light or spark Opened wide its gated mouth To the north and to the south From the east and from the west Some contrived and some confessed Twenty witches, it was said Gathered there to praise the dead Now were there prayers in Jesus' name Or to saints and just the same Which or Catholic both despise under gray and English sky Alice knew what Alice knew More than me and more than you Light a candle, take a breath Life is just a part of Some conceit, some too soon their maker me. Now we gather at the trial, accusations and denial. Alice silent through the day, and the truth. 
Pendle Hill by Ann Hills. Powerful song. Powerful song. Again, you said Alice Nutter is some kind of a relative of yours going back. She was related to my grandmother who was also Alice, but she wasn't Alice Nutter. But what I tried to capture in that song, and if you do any reading about the witches that were hanged, you understand that oftentimes it had to do with their just having a different faith. Perhaps Alice Nutter, who was, first of all, she was a widower, a landowner. Women had very few rights. Essentially, they were property. There was a lot of resentment. But ultimately, they believed that rather than witches gathering, they were probably Catholics gathering. And there was probably a priest hidden somewhere in her house. I looked up Pendle Hill. I knew it because I've actually climbed Pendle Hill. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Well, because in 1612 is when the witch trials, all that happened. In 1652, 40 years later, George Fox, founder of Quakers, climbed that hill and had a vision of a great people to be gathered. So when I was over there in 1991, I climbed up Pendle Hill, too, to see what it was like. I was kind of amazed. When he went up, it was a wilderness, he said in his journal. But when I'm up there, it's all almost clear-cut, and you know you can see everything clearly every round. And besides that, there's one other important thing about Pendle Hill. There's a famous barometer experiment that was done in 1661 or so that uh, (laughs) I guess you you had to get to some elevation to see the barometer change pressure or something. I don't know. (laughs) Very interesting. I still have relatives in that area. And my grandfather's nephew is a Quaker as well. So there are Quakers and Methodists and... We have all sorts of things, just like everybody else in our background. What about you? Let me see. Your grandfather was a Methodist minister. My father did lay ministry. My brother is uh, actually a superintendent in the Methodist, but a Methodist minister as well. And let's see what else. I'm married to someone who was raised Jewish. And I would say that I'm a questioner. I belong to the faith of seekers, seeking uh, not so much an answer to what happens after life, but 
what do I do with this life, you know? What's the best way for me to, to live this life? And you're part of the largest growing segment of the American population, those who are not necessarily anti-religious in any sense, or spiritual but not religious, but when they answer the question, what kind of practice do you have, they say none, or they say they're not affiliated with any branch. So I understand that in the last 20 years, that percentage has gone from something like 3% of the population to 15 or so percent. So, you know, you're right with the mainstream. Yeah, I mean, I think that that idea that it's a scary thing to not be told how to live your life, but actually to just keep questioning and moving towards your best self. I think that that's, that's part of the reason that when things get more difficult, people move toward more fundamentalist faith, because it seems like it's easier. They don't have to really struggle. But I've always been drawn to the struggle. <laughs> I think to a certain extent, I've, I was always drawn to nature as being an expression of the creator that I don't need to understand or be told a direction, not that I don't question, please, you know. I, I look to nature oftentimes. So when I was young and I heard about Alice Nutter and I thought she was a witch, I was drawn to that because of the sort of roots of nature being the thing that would give us the idea of how to live our lives in some ways. And I think that that tied into when my grandfather would have these sermons, he would use nature as an example when he would talk about life and death and the cycle of growth and the cycle of the spirit. You know, he spoke in terms of, he would use nature as examples. So I was very, he was my first, I would say, strong inspiration because he was one of those questioners. My letters when I was a young woman to my grandfather back and forth were all sort of philosophical and spiritual questions, debates, discussions. How much of your life did you share with your grandfather? How, how far into your life before he left? He passed when I was 18 years old. He was in his 70s, and I went down with my sister, and we sang the circle game at his funeral. Sweet. <laughs> so so evidently your sister is also at least a, a singer. We were all singers. We all sang around my mom playing piano. She encouraged all of us to sing. And she was a singer and my father was a singer. He was active in, you know, a barbershop quartet as well as both of them were very active in singing in church. And probably that's where I first sang was in church. Well, I first sang evidently on a high chair in India. <laughs> and I, I was told before that you're by, two years old. <laughs> I was I was told that by David Bunce, who is a friend of ours, whose daughter is a folk singer. And David said he remembered hearing me sing when I was very little over in India. Well, give us some more music. So I referenced my grandfather. So let's let's talk a little bit about some boats, which was written for my grandfather, my mother and my grandmother, because when my grandfather and grandma moved over here and passed through Ellis Island, he had felt a calling to the Methodist ministry, and he chose to come over, and they put it in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, up in St. Ignace, is where both my Uncle Louis and my mother Margaret were born. And my grandfather had fought in, in the Queen's Royal Marines, almost was not let back in, to his house after he enlisted because his family were very 
anti-war and union organizers. But anyway, he was shot in the Darnells, and then he felt a calling to the Methodist ministry, and then he came over and had his children. And Lewis then was at University of Michigan when World War II, when we joined World War II, and he went in the Navy. And he was a gunner in one of the ships, and that ship was torpedoed three times, and he was never, his body was never recovered. And it changed my mother's life. It changed my grandparents' life. It changed, you know, like World War II, there weren't many families in the United States that weren't affected by World War II. But that loss was a very deep loss, and it affected, I think, my grandfather very strongly, too. I think his messages, his sermons changed a bit. This is Ann Hills, Some Boats. There are some boats One set out to sea Never to return Sailing endlessly Still, sweethearts watch and wait For Graced by hands Gazing from the gate Time Riding on the rain Biding in the tide Just to fall again Call their names from the shore
stars tethered to the past beautiful but far some boats from ann hills recording bittersweet street annhills.com and that's ann with an e you can find all kinds of information about her and including where she's touring of course you can see her 21 cds that she's primary on and a couple others that she's contributed to or produced you can also catch her in the theater evidently is that true Anne? do you actually perform much i mean i i know that you had a uh, some kind of leading role in scarlet confessions and oh, yeah. lovers Chicago, <laughs> yeah and quilters and uh right now i'm working actually with a, a local puppet mock turtle puppet company theater on the opal whiteley project cd called beauty attends the heart songs of opal whiteley which Michael Smith wrote the melodies and the words are by this little girl from her nature journal. So right now that's what I'm working on. So that sometime this spring probably in Bethlehem, people will be able to see I will be singing, telling some stories, and then Opal Whiteley songs and puppets will be involved in that. And you're a therapist and you're touring doing music. How, I saw a note on your website, you're touring more than you had been. What did that mean? And it, was there a period where you decreased your touring? I wasn't touring quite as much when my daughter was in middle school and high school. And that's when I was getting my master's. But I was, I was home more, probably for a couple of reasons, in part to be by Camlin and be here with my husband, Mark, and our daughter, and partly because I was also in school, so I needed to have those times to be doing my my homework. (laughs) This is Song of the Soul. Anne Hills is sharing her Song of the Soul today. It's a Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org. On that site, you'll find about eight and a half years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests, so you'll find directly to annhills.com. That's Anne with an E. On northernspiritradio.org, you'll find a place to leave comments. And we love two-way communication. So please, when you visit the site, post a comment. There's also a place to donate. You can donate to Northern Spirit Radio. But I also especially want to encourage you to donate to your local community radio station. Do that first. They provide such a valuable slice of music and of news that you get nowhere else. It's invaluable. And please, support it by adding your value to it. Anne chose two songs that she'd done with David Roth, but one of them is a bonus excerpt out on NordenSpiritRadio.org. It's a wonderful song called That Kind of Grace. You told me, Anne, that you've toured with David and co-created the Rhubarb Trees CD with him, so you must really appreciate his musical skills. And his musicianship especially added to songs like Nighttime Falls, which was a brand new song to me. It was a song that had just been written about a month after my father passed away and is a direct sort of result of my father's life, his ambition of making the world, you know, working towards the world a better place, but also the cycle of nature and how that helped me get through the loss of my dad. Nighttime falls on everyone Crows race toward the setting sun 
black against the fading blue sky grows dark the stars grow brighter the westerns go the moon glows wider we hurry past the windows light as the shops fade too nighttime falls on every place the darkness brings a simple grace as heaven drops its curtain Quieting the noise of day On wilderness Our city's teeming A lighthouse With its lamp now beaming And final trains call all aboard To be on their way Everyone Everyone loved as we are meant to be Everything blessed A part of it all Everything sacred Wherever nighttime falls Nighttime falls on And our dreams begin And through the dark wind Rain and thunder We travel on this world in wonder That carries us around the sun To come back again Everyone Everyone loved as we are meant to be Everything blessed A part of it all Everything sacred Wherever nighttime falls Everything sacred Ann Hills is here today for Song of the Soul. That's song Nighttime Falls. It's from album Rhubarb Trees that she co-produced with David Roth. And Ann, that's a total winner of a song, in my opinion. It's a so strong and reverberates so deeply for me and I'm sure for our listeners. Everyone fed, everyone free, everything blessed, a part of it all, everything sacred wherever nighttime falls. And so consonant, you said, with your father's aspirations, but it's, it sounds very much like your life. 
it surprised me. That chorus surprised me. The verses were very direct nature uh, sort of images that were pulled from the haiku. When my father was losing his memory in his last year of his life, it was very hard for me to write. And so at that time, I started doing haiku. I went out and, and I found as a therapist that, first of all, nature is healing. We know that. And writing is healing. We know that. Those two things are well established in psychology. Certainly the cycle of nature, that's an easy thing for people to see, that when they go out in nature and they see the cycle of life and death and growth and rebirth and all of that, there is healing that takes place when they're dealing with the death of people they love. Writing, we know from studies, if people put pen to page or put thought to page, they heal faster, physically as well as psychologically. So I encourage journaling. I encourage people going out in nature, and how could I encourage other people to do that and not do it myself when I was struggling? So I went out and I challenged myself to do a haiku a day, and because of the counting nature of, of American haiku, five syllable, seven syllable, five syllable, and then also the structure of have it be an, an occurrence, something that happened, something you've observed, a moment, let's say, almost like a snapshot. So you combine those two things of the experiential, the senses on the one side, and then on the other side, counting out the syllables <laughs> to make it work. There is a healing that actually takes place in that as well. So at the end of the year, I had close to 365. I'd been pretty disciplined about it and continued with the writing. And then my when my father passed away, shortly after that, this song began to write itself. It was the first song I'd written since he'd been struggling with dementia. So the verses came, but then this chorus came that really surprised me because it was an affirmation rather than a request. It was a vision. It was speaking as if these things already were. Everyone is fed. Everyone is free. Everyone is loved. And everything is blessed. And I could give you five different reasons why it came out that way, but it surprised me. And when I sing it, I feel good. I feel as if I can visualize that and for a moment reaffirm that cared for. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing it with us. And when I hear that, when I listen to it, yes, that's what I experience. We are cared for. And that's what I think often gets lost about religion or spirituality is this larger vision. I think anything spiritual which has a larger vision than just me. And, and that one nails it big time. Well, thank you. So please share some more of your gift of music with us. What's next? We get back to is what's enough. Is it enough that we get to walk out and observe the sunlight and shadow against the snow? Is that is that enough? And I would talk about enough, a song that I wrote that was my meditation, my prayer, my centering piece that I wrote many years ago when I was struggling with depression. Did it help you get through the depression? Did it help lift you out? Was it part of the answer? Yes, it definitely was a gift song. It was a song that I needed to write, but when I went to do the writing, I, I once again, it, it was a gift. This strikes me as a song, enough. It strikes me as a song about simplicity, about being here and now. Do you have a sense that your depression or so much of the discontent of the world comes from not being here and now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's that looking at the past or worrying about the future. You know, my wife is a therapist as well. She also teaches yoga. So talk about combining two good disciplines. And mindfulness, meditation, and all those things. I just see that as so badly needed in this world. Do you practice those kind of things? Is it only your music that keeps you centered? What? How do you do your centering? Haiku is one. Well, the haiku would be part of the mindfulness, absolutely. But there, I think when I listened to Thich Nhat Hanh, the monks teaching early on, I started saying, well, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, it's very difficult for me to sit still. I'm a person who I'm, I'm up doing. So how was I going to do meditation? How was I going to get myself to sit? Not that I haven't done that. I've certainly done it with yoga. When I do yoga, I'm much more mindful. But I also do walking meditation and breathing or do dishwashing meditation, <laughs> you know, putting my hands in the warm water, experiencing breathing in and breathing out and just being present there doing a task. And it was really in listening to his teachings that I thought, okay, this this can work for me. This means if I don't get my 10 minutes in the morning, that I still can do that. I still can do the mindfulness. I still can do the meditation. I can do this when I'm, when I start to, if I'm counseling, wander, or if I'm on stage wandering away, pull myself back in with breathing and reminding myself to be present. The song's a great reminder for it. The song is Enough. Today let me eat. Today let me breathe. Today let me speak with a friend. Today let the sun shine down on my head Till moonlight shines on me again Today let me hum Today let me run The spinning earth under my feet And let me hold loosely The dream of my life To welcome the changes I meet it's enough to live And I'm grateful It's enough to live It's enough It's enough to live mm, Enough Today let me see Not just with my eyes And make my mistakes without shame Today let my heart beat steady and strong And death not come calling my name Today let me love, today let me laugh Remembering where I have been Today if I weep, still let me find peace To keep with me till journey's end it's enough to live It's enough It's enough to live is sharing her song of the soul today and that song was enough it's from her 1995 cd angle of the light and which light are you talking about in that 
angle of the light, um, how the light changes as the season changes. The song itself, Angle of the Light, was about a friend of mine who died suddenly. And the fact that I had been with her, we had just been talking about things of the heart. And it was a sudden loss around this time of year, actually. It was in, but it, would, it had been in the fall. So when the angle of the light changes and the shadows turn violet and everything is kind of golden toward the end of the day, toward the end of the year, that's the light. Again, it's a, it's a great reminder song of what's important. I've been concerned for I don't know how many years, 30, 40 years. Uh, simplicity, you know, I'm Quaker, and simplicity is certainly part of what we aspire to. It's, it's kind of hard to aspire to be completely simple and present in that when there's so much that calls us so vitally into the world. I certainly see that in your life. I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine you finding time to sit still. Or, I, are you naturally ADD? Or? Oh, yeah, I'm naturally ADHD. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. And so I'm okay. I'm okay with chaos, you know. <laughs> I'm okay with chaos, but I also don't necessarily find my bliss there. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Well, your music is pretty blissful as far as I'm concerned. So even if you're not necessarily finding it when you're encountering chaos, you're certainly passing a lot of it on to us. Well, I think it's all, It's you know, again, it's all part of being able to, to breathe in and be present with the chaos of spring, for example, is a wonderful thing. Today let me love, today let me laugh. Yeah. Yes, remembering where I've been. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we've been through several songs, and uh, we've got some more I'd like to listen to. We're, of course, you know, we're not going to have time to share all of the songs that you wanted to share today, but any songs, listeners, that you don't hear during this are probably on my website. So go to nordenspiritradio.org, and you're going to find at least three bonus excerpt songs that we're not going to be able to share in this broadcast. Well, let's keep going. Too much music and too little time. Broadcast hour runs out pretty quickly. Well, I understand that my pal Priscilla Herdman did follow that road, and that's in part because I wrote it with her in mind. This is probably the best known of my songs and probably the one I hear from people the most about. I'll just mention to our listeners again, we've got a number of bonus excerpts with songs, and we're going to do that with Follow That Road. So go to NordenSpiritRadio.org and listen to it and a little bit more interview about it there. Well, the clock is ticking in. We've got time for one more for this broadcast. How can we conclude your song of the soul? Let's lighten it up a little bit. That's what I say. Let's do the moon song. This again, again, I have to say that Priscilla Herdman, if, I, if there's a living muse, it probably is Priscilla Herdman for me because she was doing a song about the night sky, about space, and I wanted to write a lighthearted song. She was doing one of mine called Pleiades, which is sort of about loving, about falling in love and falling in love with the night sky, and I wanted something lighter. And this song came after I'd done a show with her, and I could hear this voice, and I realized that it was Priscilla's voice in my mind, but it was the moon's song talking about how silly we are. You know, we need to take a deep breath and look up. Part of what I, I get from the song is that 
when you say it, it's looking at us <laughs> that we take ourselves too seriously, there's also a question that hangs there if we're going to get our, our stuff together, the mess that we are. And so my question for you, Anne, is are you an optimist about humanity? I'm an optimist about nature, and we are part of nature. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I know that sounds like a tricky answer, and it sort of is, because it's amazing what we can do, both destructively and constructively. And I think that the, the answers to every question we have are around us in nature. So we're either going to listen and observe and see that and learn, or we won't. Either way, I think everything's fine. Everything's going to be okay. Life marches on and we have a chance to be part of it, or not, I guess. <laughs> I, I think that that's what my, you know, my deepest feelings are. You know, I get discouraged. I get upset. I also am inspired by the human condition. You know, we're pretty amazing. We're pretty terrible. We're all of those things. Nature is all of those things. We are part of nature, so it's no surprise. I have just one more question, and that is, do you really think that the moon likes the brontosaurus, or is that projection? <laughs> I think uh, both. How's that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thanks for lightening it up here at the end. We're going to finish today's Song of the Soul with Anne Hills. Again, on the web at annhills.com. Anne has an E at the end. You can also follow the link, of course, from nordenspiritradio.org, and you'll find a few more of songs and some more of the interview out on my website, nordenspiritradio.org. And it's been delightful to get to know your music. Again, I'm so sad that I've waited this long in my life to finally grow up to the, the music of Han Hills. Well, thank you. It's, I'm glad to have met you via the phone and via the, you know, via the music. And thank you for following me on all these crazy little pathways that I tend to get distracted on. Again, we'll finish with a wonderful song by Ann Hills. It is The Moon's Song. See you next week for Song of the Soul. I've been looking down on you for years Scurrying around, acting like you're so important Do you think the moon just disappears? That the stars switch off and on And that you're the only constant Galaxies are born, planets come and go Nothing in this universe Stays the same, you know So the dice were tossed and here you are Circling around in an elliptical inclusion With these other spheres you share a star For five billion years or so Give or take a little fusion Galaxies are born Planets come and go But nothing in this universe Stays the same, you know And in spite of this You fuss and fight Squabble over God Waste your little time Ignore us I was hoping that you'd get it right I liked you better than the rest 
Although I loved the brontosaurus, galaxies are born, planets come and go, but you still have a little while to work it out, you know. So tonight, when you lay down to rest, if you toss or if you turn, come outside at my insistence, feeling disappointed or depressed. Look above you at the sky and be amazed at your existence, 'cause galaxies are born, planets come and go. But nothing in this universe stays the same, you know. Yes, constellations change and comets lose their glow, but you still have a little while to work it out, you know. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website, and please join me weekly. For song of the soul. You can be happy. Let in the light, it will heal you, and you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.